welcome to another podcast of Launch Into the Deep. And today we're going to talk about something different, um, the spiritual gap that's between life and death, uh, between the living and the dead. And that's from Luke 16, 19 to 31. And so in this podcast, we're going to explain Luke 16, 19 to 31. And so we're going to look deep at it. And, and this cannot be in one part. It has to be in several parts because it's a lot of stuff. So the Bible begins, you know, the story of the rich man. And in fact, the Bible called him a certain rich man. And it describes his attire, you know, very, very, dis, you know, detailed. And it, it, it describes a, a purple linen, which in a sense signifies the rich and the wealthy because then purple dye was expensive back then and purple is my favorite color but purple dye was very expensive back then and the rich man was described as being in a purple attire and what the bible did is to really explain who the rich man was from a general perspective and so the Bible says he celebrated and lived, you know, joyously and happily every day of his human life on earth. And, and, and the Bible also explained and, and spoke of a poor man and gave his name as Lazarus. And, and the Bible said that Lazarus laid at the gates of the rich man daily and he was afflicted with sores. And there were some, some contrast, some differences between the rich man and the poor man because the rich man was living happily, having his, you know, his parties and his rich life. But the poor man was at the gate of the rich man and he was covered in sores. And he longed for the crumbs which fall from the rich man's table and the scraps of his elegant food. And the dogs came and, and he relicked his sore. And that's, that's the afflictions that he's going through. And the Bible makes mention to dog in many places. And it's not a good, not a good thing in those places because he was talking to even the woman, um, who came for her daughter to have healing, healing. And she wanted to have healing and for her kid. And the Lord said, why should I give, you know, the children's bread to, to, to the dogs? And that was a big problem. And, and her hands, her answer was humble. And that was what God was looking for. And so if we look at, you know, the dog and how the Lord used it, especially in the New Testament, you know, do not give what is holy to the dogs, you know, or pearls to the swine, let's say trample upon them. Listen, we have to look at the Bible and look at how the, the Bible describes dog. It's not a good thing but the dogs came and licked his sword but the bible seems to switch the scene and and i want us to quickly look at verse 22 because if you look at the poor man it explains that the poor man died first and and it was clear to say that his spirit was carried away by the angels to abraham's bosom which represents paradise or heaven or a place of rest and the rich man also died and was buried so I look carefully at the distinction, you know, between both men's death and, and the difference I see is that when the poor man died, the Bible did not explain that he was buried because back then the custom was that they died and they were buried the next day, but the Bible did not explain his burial. It was, it was, it was clear to say that his spirit went into heaven, even though it did not say that he was buried. 
And so let's, before I even go any further, I want you to understand that the rich man is a general person. It represents the general rich man, not any one man. And the Lazarus is not the same Lazarus from John 11 that Jesus rose from the dead. This Lazarus represents the poor man. And so we're looking at it from a general perspective because of how the Bible is written. It's not literal. So we have to understand what the Bible is saying here. And so the Bible did not say that he was buried, but it, however, said that he went up into heaven. And the rich man, however, was described as being buried in verse 28. But he went to Hades. And so that's hell, whatever they want to call it and pretty it up. But that's where he went. And so that's the place of torment. But but whilst being in torment, and I want you to follow, it's in Luke 16, 19 to 31. I, I, I cut this scripture up in pieces. I had to cut it up to get the great understanding of it and how it's applicable to us now, because this is what I want from us. I want us to be, you know, to understand this is what the word does. This is what launching to the deep podcast does. We, we talk about the things from a deep perspective in the word and apply logics to it as well to, to sum up to the conclusion of what the Lord is saying. And so, he looked from hell where he was in torment, the place of torment, and he saw Abraham far away. And, and I paid attention to the details because it said he was far away, tucked away in the bosom of Abraham. And this rich man was in a place of torment. And I particularly paid attention to that because he looked up and he saw Father Abraham far away. And he saw Lazarus. The very man, you know, he refused to share his food with. And when the Bible talk about the crumbs, you know, it possibly, you know, was speaking about the breadcrumbs because Jesus is the bread of life. And it could possibly mean the rich men were, were the ones that were, it doesn't necessarily have to be a rich person because it could also have meant the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were living lofty lives and they did not tend to give the bread, which is the word, to those who were afflicted. And so the rich man, because the Bible is really not literal. So the rich man could have represented the Pharisees as well. And when you look deep into the word, the crumbs, which represents the bread from the table and the food, Jesus is the food, he is the bread of life. And so this could have meant that the poor man was afflicted and longed for the word of God in order to get it, but he wasn't getting any because the rich man was too caught up in his lifestyle to even pay attention, to even give, to even share the food or even some of the luxury, you know, so comfortably with, um, um, with the poor. And so God is looking at this because then I want to contrast now right here. I want to contrast something very serious because when I looked at the scriptures, this poor man was up into the Abraham bosom of Abraham, which represents a place of rest. And because you're resting in the arms of bosom of Abraham. So it's telling you that when he died, he didn't necessarily go to heaven, but he went to a place of rest. And wherever the poor man was, he was able to see Lazarus. Um, the rich man was, he was able to see Lazarus far away. So he from hell was able to have a view of Lazarus being in the bosom of Abraham in his rest. This was the very man that he had ignored when he was hungry. And I have to draw for um, Luke, I'm sorry, Matthew 25, 35 to 46, because 
in in particular jesus was explaining you know when when he what he expected from us to feed the poor because there was a part in it where he said when i was hungry you did not feed me when i was thirsty you did not give me drink when i needed clothes you did not feed me and when i was sick and in prison you didn't visit me and so jesus is telling you that he is using these things and he was clear to say that they would go to hell for these things and i was saying oh my god this is so drastic but then when you look at the poor man and the rich man's story, this is exactly what played out. Because what happened with the poor man was that he represented afflictions and sufferings of the poor and those who are in Christ by these people who are ahead of them and have the, you know, have the political rights, have the, the, the financial, you know, rights above them. So these people were actually doing things um, you know, that would have, the rich man would have done something that would have merited him for hell. Because I see the scripture playing out right here. Because the rich man was hungry and he didn't feed him. And so God sent him to, well, God doesn't send anyone to hell. Let me correct that. He was sent to hell based on the guideline that he did not follow. So we have to look at God, look at the son of man and look at who God is, because just as Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, you know, in the books of Hebrews, you can look at Hebrew one, sorry, Hebrews 12 to two, first Peter three twenty two, and Acts 7, 55 to 56. So he's at the right hand of God in a place of honor. And so we have to look at Jesus because look at the things that he has done and he did not feed this rich man did not feed the poor man. And Jesus expects us to, and the contrast is given in the scriptures between Luke 16, 19 to 31 and Matthew 25, 35 to 46. So that right there is directly playing out before, you know, our eyes because he didn't clothe the man based on what the scripture said. He didn't give him anything to eat or drink and he was out there and he ignored him. And so the Lord was looking at the clear distinction and it added up. So the word, it cannot lie. It added up completely. When I say it added up, it added up. So the least that they did not, the least that the rich man did not do for this poor man, he did not do for Jesus based on what the word has said. And so we have to look at the status of our hearts and look at the status of the rich man. So this rich man now was very serious because he was taking things to another level. He wanted, you know, um, he had a problem because he was seeing from where he was and he was bothered because he didn't want to be in, in hell burning. He, he just didn't want to be there, but then he had to be there. He was in great error because of what he did, what he did not do on earth. And again, omission is a sin. So I believe that the Bible is also making reference to Lazarus as those who are also poor in spirit. The ones who were rejected by the rich, possibly as again, I say the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And I want you to pay like keen attention to the details because out of desperation from hell, this rich man cried out from the pit of hell to Abraham to have mercy on him. And he said, and he actually used the word mercy. And Matthew 5, 7, and I want to look closely at the Bible because Matthew 5, 7 tells you the merit for mercy. It says, blessed are the merciful for they shall 
obtain mercy. So if you approach a throne to ask for mercy for someone who doesn't show mercy, then you will not get that mercy because the person did not show any form of mercy. And this is what Matthew 5, 7 says, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. So how could this rich man be showed any mercy by God when he had none? Because what he wanted was for Abraham to send Lazarus from his place of rest. That maybe Lazarus was so happy to be, to come down to hell, to give him a dip of water on his finger. And for me, that showed me how, how, in, how inconsiderate this person still was, even in hell. How selfish he was because he wanted Lazarus to leave his place of rest to enter into the dead zone. That's what I'm calling it, the dead zone. And he said, please. And I, and, and I said, God, help me. What, what is this man doing? Because there is no way. Can he go across? And I was reading further down. And this was a couple of years ago because my dad, um, he was an apostle. He died two years ago, September. And he, I, he used to, he used to keep funerals. And when he was keeping funerals, he would take me, you know, to some of the funerals. And I noticed the scripture that he used mostly was from Luke 16, 19 to 31. And I paid keen attention to what he said, but he did not go into the depths of it because it wasn't preaching. It was really a funeral service. But when I started to take interest in the scriptures, I started to go deep because then I started to cut the scripture into pieces because then I started to look at the actions of the rich man and the actions of Lazarus. And I want you to pay deep attention. Now, this man's flesh was buried in the earth. Do you get what I'm saying? His flesh was buried in the earth, but it was his soul that was being tormented because the details cannot be overlooked and they cannot be ignored. Because what happened was Abraham had actually brought to his remembrance of his actions while on earth. And look at the scripture keenly. It really did bring, he brought it to his remembrance. I said, remember while you were on earth, what you did. So this to me is telling me that we are able to remember the things that we have done on earth when we have crossed over into the other life, whether it be for us to go to hell or heaven. And two things that stood out. This was one. But the first thing that stood out was that from hell, he could have seen the person who he treated badly. Oh my goodness. He could have seen him from a far distance and the person could not speak to him because Lazarus couldn't see, but Abraham could have seen because the gulf that was there. But we will get to that part like in a minute, right? But I want you to see this because the actions were for, of Abraham was that he brought it back to his remembrance. And I was so taken aback. I was flabbergasted by that. I was like, what is this? So what he said was, remember that in your lifetime, while you were on earth, you received the good things from God, all the comfort, all the luxury, you know, all the, all the, all the delights. It was there. It was there for you. But Lazarus, which again represents the poor populace, the poor man populace, populace to me, it, it says on the other hand, you know, had all odds against him. And that's how I look at it. He had all odds against him. He was poor. He was a beggar. He was afflicted. 
and he was ignored and he had sores on him and he was left to starve. If this was the word, he was afflicted. He was afflicted by the rich and by the, the oppressors that the rich would represent oppressors. He was afflicted by them and he was left to starve. Possibly, if this is making reference to the Pharisees and Sadducees, he would have been left to starve of the word of God. So he had all the comfort. This is what the rich man had. All the comfort, all the things while the poor man was distressed. So the, the, the rich populace was where this rich man belonged to. So Abraham flipped the switch. He said, Lazarus is now comforted. He's now comforted by God here in paradise, in rest, while you are in severe agony. Matthew 25, 47 was actually playing out in the rich man's life. Please understand what I'm saying. Because the torment that Lazarus, Lazarus felt was against his soul. Because not only was he in actual hell, he was burning, but all the memories came back to him. So he was still able to see where, from where he was in hell, in Hades, whatever makes you comfortable, <laughs> from wherever he was in Hades, hell, he could have seen Abraham and into Abraham's arms, he could have seen Lazarus, which represents the poor man, the afflicted ones. And what stood out to me again was that the rich man who was not named was never able to speak to Lazarus because the conversation was strictly between him and Abraham. So Lazarus was actually in a place of rest. He didn't want to be taken out to be used by any wicked man to send back to earth to do anything because he had suffered so much. By this, I am very sure that he did not want to go back to hell. To earth, sorry. So this is how unreasonable I saw the rich man to be. Because again, Matthew 25, 47 was playing out in this rich man's life. Remember, I told you that I needed to have your pens and your, your, your papers, your, your phones, whatever you take your notes in because um, the, the scriptures are going to be there. So so this, this thing now shows me that the memories came back to him he was able to see everything. And the Bible was also specific because the rich man did not personally address um, Lazarus, as I was saying to you. And so we have to look at all these fine details. He said he, he wanted him, you know, to come, Lazarus to come to him in hell. That was so unreasonable, which it, to me was so wrong of the rich man to even ask or suggest. So notice, to notice what he did. He did not ask Abraham to come. He was smart because he couldn't ask Abraham to come. He knew Abraham would not come. <laughs> he was trying to talk his way out of the torment. Now, this was what Abraham possibly saw, but he sealed the deal with something and paid close attention to the contents of verse 26 because he wanted Lazarus now to go back to earth. Since he could not have gone to earth, he now wanted Lazarus to flip the switch for Abraham to flip the switch for Lazarus now to go to earth. But in verse 26, I'm telling you, Abraham dropped the mic and he drew, drew the curtains and just walked away. Because in verse 26, in response to the rich man's wanting Lazarus spirit to visit him in hell from heaven, to give him comfort and all these things, Abraham answered and said to him, 
And besides all this, between us, which is us as in the dead and the living, because they were the conversation was between um, Abraham and, and Lazarus, which Lazar, sorry, the poor man and Lazarus, Abraham and the rich man. Right. So the conversation was between Abraham and the rich man. So it would have been between them. And so he said a great chasm, an abyss, whatever you want to call it, a hole, a spiritual gap has been placed. It says a gap has been fixed so that those who want to come over from heaven to you or from hell to up in heaven will not be able to. And none may be able to cross over either. None can be able to cross over from there to us. So Jesus was so clear. To, I'm sorry. Abraham was so clear to explain what Jesus had done, what the Lord had done in heaven. Because of what the rebellion of what um of, of Satan, he made sure to shut down everything. Because previously there, when heaven was just there with, with Lucifer, who is now Satan, they had no need Think about it clearly. They had no need. God had no need to put any gap, any gulf, because there was nothing there. So he really had no need to put any gulf. But now that Satan has gone, now that Satan has gone to hell and was thrown from heaven, he's now in a place for himself. And because of what he did, Jesus had to make sure, God had to make sure from heaven that he put a spiritual gap between them so that nobody could go and nobody could come. It's one of those spiritual gaps, right? One of those holes, something that God did, something that just stopped everything so the rich man would not be able to because of that great chasm that gap that god had created and and even and i look at the fact that even after abraham explained why it could not happen for lazarus to come you know down into hell to quench his soul's thirst oh my because the problem was the thirst that was needed to be quenched was not a physical thirst but that his soul needed to be quenched because the memories were what was making his soul thirsty so he kept having the memories played over to him over and over again so one of the things that the bible shows us that when we go to if we die and we do not go to heaven and we end up in the place of torment Hades, whatever makes it best for you and more comfortable, it's still hell. Whenever, if, if you cross over and you do not get to heaven, there are many things that will torment you. You will not be thirsty. It's not a physical water. It's your soul that will be thirsty and your soul will be thirsty because of the things that would have been done on the earth and the remembrance that would be coming back. The memory, memories would just be coming back again and coming back. But he still insisted. But this time, he took it from another angle. You know, he, he's so smart. He took it from another angle. He wanted Abraham to send Lazarus' spirit to his father's house to warn his brothers. Think about this. Because he remembered from hell, based on what the Bible says, that he had five brothers. Listen, you are going to remember for those who do not make it into heaven because the lifestyle was not in line with God. You are going to remember that you had five brothers, 10 sisters, that you did something wrong to somebody or people. You are going to have that playing over and over again. And for anybody who did any extreme wickedness, it's going to be playing over and over again. It is not going to go away. 
so he could remember his brothers from hell. And so he wanted Lazarus' dead spirit now that was rested in the bosom of Abraham's in his place of rest to leave to go to minister to them, to warn them and witness to them so that they too would not come to hell to be tormented. And that's a lie. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And let me tell you, I just love how Abraham actually dropped the mic because Abraham blatantly refused in verse 29. And he told the rich man that they had the scriptures they had the scriptures, the word of God given by Moses and the prophets, the writings of the prophets. But the rich man still insisted and replied to Abraham to, Abraham to say, no, no, Father Abraham. But if someone from the dead was to come back and tell them they would repent and change their ways, that was a straight up lie. That was a deception from the enemy and we know why he is in hell. And let me tell you why that would be a deception. Because Jesus had already come and risen people, risen Lazarus from the dead. I believe that was why God used Lazarus in name in this instant to represent the poor man, the afflicted. Because Jesus had already died on the cross, remember? So he had, sorry, not died on the cross. Yes, he had, but he had already raised Lazarus from the dead. He had raised Jairus' daughter. He had done so many of that. It has been coming from the Old Testament. That has been coming from the Old Testament. When Elijah rose the little boy from the dead. Now we have to look at all of this. This has been, it's nothing new. So why would this man now say that this would convince his brothers? No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. So in verse 31, the final verse, Abraham said to the rich man in a final response, if they do not listen to the message of Moses and the prophets, like you didn't, I'm sorry, that part wasn't in it, but I dropped that in, like he didn't, they will not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead to tell them because the dead cannot bring life spiritually and only Jesus can bring life. So that was a deception. Jesus himself was the resurrection and the life based on what the word of God says. So if he had known God any of any at all, he wouldn't have said that if he had known Jesus. He wouldn't have said that if he had known any form of the word, he wouldn't have said that. So what the scripture actually did was to highlight the rich man ways and what he did because he was a very awful person. And this is what shows me, the actions showed me that he was not a very good person in his lifetime. And we have to focus on this even at the moment. And so this man wanted to lie to tell Lazarus out of the lies that was in him, why he was in hell, that this, this man Lazarus could have convinced his brothers when he rose from the dead. No, 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 none at all. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. The dead has no spiritual potency to inoculate a man's heart, to enforce any form of spiritual change to any man. That is a lie. And I look at it in another perspective as well, that death is, is a great torment. It is a great torment. Yes, it is. When someone dies, for us who are in the living, there's something that stands out for me. When somebody dies, the memories, they actually... Um, come back to us playing of the person over and over again 
for a season. This is what the memory does. It plays over and over again for a season. Now, it, in, when you die, these memories don't go away. So when we are living, what happens is a prerequisite to when we die, meaning that it is just as sleep is a form of death. When you lie down, you go into a death mode. You're only breathing. You're breathing dead. That's, it sounds like an oxymoron, but you are really a breathing dead person because you are dead. Yes, you're lying down. Your, all your things, your, your cognitive functions are just relaxed and, and gone down. You, you, you have no control over them unless you are up. So when you are dead, the, there is a difference. The memories, when if you do not live the life that you should and you end up in hell, when you are dead, you will end up in a problem. The problem will be that you have the remembrance coming to you over and over again. However, when we are alive, God has given us a bit of it. For example, when my dad died, I remember I just couldn't sleep. When my mom died, I couldn't sleep. I mean, it was so horrific because I remember these people were so dear to my heart. These were good Christian people that gave me good Christian principles. And I was so mad at, at God at one stage. I was saying, God, because how could you take my parents? You know, because these people were the epitome of, of biblical truth. But then I discovered Isaiah 57, 1-2. It says that no one asks the question why the good die early. But it is to save them from the evil that is to come. And that is how I took comfort. So the memories keep coming back. They kept coming back of my mom, of when I was a kid, of my dad, and the things that they used to do. I couldn't sleep. We all know that when you care about somebody when they die, you will not sleep when you go through this phase. It is a phase and it is a form of death. It is a form of the suffering that God has given us a sneak peek into what we will get. The only difference is that when the seas come for the morning based on Ecclesiastes 3, that tells you that there's a time for mourning. A time for weeping. There's a season. On earth, there is a season. But in the afterlife, especially when you get to hell, there will be all season, every season, right around the season. There will be no change of the season. Nothing. There is a difference. And so while we are here on earth, we have to, you know, keep ourselves in realm um, with the with the word. Because for a period of time, the memories come when somebody dies and they go and then the season subsides and then the healing process begin. So this is the end result of someone dying for us. But the end result of death and hell indicates that a form of torture is that the memories of what you did are still visible to you from hell. Someone will see who they did bad to who they never treated great, who they forgot to care for. Oh my gosh, it's so much stuff. And it doesn't stop. It plays forever and ever and ever again because that place has no ending. So in the end, the moral of Luke 16, 19 to 31, it seems like a paradox really to some, to some of us, and I'm being very honest. It may seem like a paradox to some of us, but to the author, it perfectly depicts the line that is visibly drawn between the living and the dead. To the author of this book, Luke 16, Dr. Luke, I'm telling you, Luke is my favorite of the synopsis gospels because of how he deciphers it.
Luke is a physician and the way how he writes shows me that he is well learned, properly trained, and he knows how to write because he's perfectly detailed and he perfectly depicts the line that is visibly drawn between the living and the dead. Any other communication is demonic and directly from hell. And so I, I just wanted to, you know, to expound on this for us to understand the level of, of, of depth that the Bible has and the mysteries that come with it. And if we pay close attention to the scriptures, we can miss that place of torment. I, I remind somebody that John 16, 11 says that Satan is already sentenced and condemned. He already has been condemned. He has, he has already been condemned. We still have a chance to life in Jesus Christ. And so if we look at the scriptures of Luke 16, 19 to 31, we look at some of the things and how the scriptures are cross-referenced and how they directly impact um, each other. We have to look at them in detail and look at how they are intricately interwoven into each other to bring forth the revelations that the Lord wants us to see. So I encourage somebody today at the end of this podcast, and I'm telling you, remember we're going to be on Worship 365 FM. Um, we're going to be on on Tuesday, November 22nd. This program is going to be on at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I look forward to see you there. Thank you for thank you for, for joining um, Launch Into the Deep, Your Word is the Truth podcast, and also from Worship 365 FM. God bless you.